Hey, how's it going, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. It's the last week of Nintendo Month 2020. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the coolest video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. As Carl mentioned, we have a really fun episode to close out Nintendo Month this year. It's mm-hmm. the soundtrack to Kirby Star Allies. I can't wait for today. This is probably slightly surprising for people. Um, I'm sorry if anyone is disappointed by us not doing the score that everyone expected this year. I'm, of course, talking about the Animal Crossing score. Don't worry, we are going to do that in the future. Uh, this was a little bit more of an underrated score, in my opinion. This is a Switch game that came out a couple years ago, and I did play this game. It's, it's a pretty good game. I didn't get very far in it, which is sad because the score is actually outstanding, and it's a really big score. It's six discs, uh, the official soundtrack, Um, And, you know, there is a lot of reused music from the earlier games in the series. But once you dive into some of the new stuff, oh, it's so good. I can't wait. I am so excited. One of the fun things about the Kirby series is that, you know, for as long running as the series is, it it seems like the music has this clarity. And it's because almost every game in the series is worked on by Juni Ishikawa and Hirokazu Ando. Yeah. And uh, that continues. It's such a it's such a wonderful treat to have that kind of clarity continue generation after generation. I remember we us talking about that when we did the Planet Robobot episode and just yeah. feeling like what a pleasure it is that, you know, we have this modern Kirby soundtrack that so honors the kind of tradition and it's because you have these two composers really still at the helm. And I love that we can still say that all these years later. It's so special. So the lead composer of Kirby Star Allies was Hirokazu Ando. Um, Juni Shikawa also composed. There's also, I think, a newcomer, at least I am not familiar with this name, Yuta Ogasawara. Uh, So since Ando was the lead composer, the bulk of today's playlist is Ando. There's a handful of Ishikawa compositions and there's a handful of Ogasawara compositions. I will say that although it continues the, the continuity of the Kirby sound and the Kirby style, I think the score might surprise some of you, at least what we're focusing on today. There's a lot of exciting battle-centric music. There's right. definitely some sweet stuff, but yeah, some of this music may surprise you guys. What you heard playing in was All Those Star Friends, They're With Me. And that was composed by Hirokazu Ando. Again, this game came out, I think, in 2018 for the Switch. And let's just dive into some more great music. Are you ready, Will? I can't wait. I love me some Kirby. <laughs> okay, we're going to start off the episode on a very sweet note. This is a this is a track called The Shape of a Heart and it's composed again by Hirokazu Ando. You guys are listening to The Shape of a Heart. It's such a sweet track. It's composed by Hirokazu Ando, and we've definitely come a long way in the series. The sound of the score is one of my favorite things. Really good production, really good instruments. Uh, Definitely sounds like a modern score, but it has the heart of classic video game music and of classic Kirby music. This is so sweet and such a change of pace from our play-in track. Love this. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, completely infectious so lovely i love the sort of jazzier old-fashioned chord choices it somehow feels right at home in kirby it's because great of the quirky blend of influences in this series i think most of us associate kirby music with being high energy plucky and cute oh but, yeah you know i mean i think any great 
game series that has great music to go with it needs that sort of emotional dynamic range. You need yeah. the big moments and you need the small moments. And I think something that's great about the Kirby series is though we all have certain tracks that maybe we think of as being more prototypical, mm-hmm. really musically, it, it does have a lot of variety. You can have more chilled out tracks. You can have more sweet yeah. and intimate pieces. You can have the kind of bubbly high energy things, but it's all filtered through really a kind of harmonic lens, which is that really what I just think of as the sound of Nintendo. It owes a lot to, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s, jazz harmony, Tin Pan Alley songwriting, but just really kind of fun, melodic and chord rich music and even in a piece like this that's more delicate sort of piano-y it still has that vibe and i do think part of that comes from you know this was written by hirakazo ando he doesn't have to try very hard to sound like himself one of the things that i'm excited to uh do this episode you guys are going to hear is you are going to hear some leitmotif you're going to hear some themes come back some really interesting variations on melodies that you've heard now there may be one or two instances of previous kirby series melodies that actually made our playlist today i'm pretty sure that happened most of this is new material however um but yeah one thing i will say is i played this game with joe when it came out a couple years ago we had a fun time but i wasn't blown away with the score while playing the early parts of the game part of that is because there's a lot of reused uh, Kirby series music, but I'm so glad that I gave this whole score a shot because it's really good. Let's move on. This is one of the most prevalent themes in the game. It's so good. It's a battle of friends and bonds. Hirokazu Ando just being a beast, doing his thing. I love this. You guys listening to A Battle of Friends and Bonds. We're also going to hear another version of this that I mixed in. Um, that's like a later battle theme. It's a little more rocking. But yeah, Will was saying when we were listening to this, this is classic Hirokazu Ando. Reminded him of some of his uh, work in the Smash Brothers series. But it's really playful, really good melody. Fits at home in the Kirby series, um, but also feels new and fresh. I haven't quite heard a piece like this in the series. Well, and something that I feel like is really important in every Nintendo month is to celebrate what we love about Nintendo music, which we talked about this last week, but the GameCube was a great example of. It's about the, the, what I consider to be the core central musical elements, the melody, the harmonies, the... The, the just kind of wearing your emotions on your sleeve. The meat and potatoes. We music. have that meat and potatoes on display today. <laughs> I promise. Yeah, and that's what's so fun about Kirby is it's the music is almost the opposite of subtle, but <laughs> it's it's so aware of what it's doing. And I just find, you know, so many Japanese video game composers just have what I perceive as like this immense confidence because they're just they can express these emotions so freely and where I feel like so many composers in America are really kind of insecure and want to seem cool and do something new and edgy and subtle but I actually don't find that very cool it might be that or it also might be that a lot of composers uh, in the West are really tied to specific genre or like what you can and cannot do for for a certain style or a certain genre 
doesn't happen quite as much with Japanese composers. And, yeah, and I think that's why I feel like they're so farther ahead of us, in, not just in terms of composing, but I think of listening to and appreciating music. Because, you know, you, you listen... I, Emma's been watching this anime show on Netflix. I forget the name of it. But just, like, listening to some scenes, and it, it's just this beautiful, rich fully orchestral music and the action moments sound like video games and the yeah. tender moments, you know, it, it, you couldn't do something like that in an American film because I think, and it's not just because the composers aren't talented enough to do it, but I think it's also because like American audiences are way too sensitive to kind of like style and something being savvy. And I, I just, I feel like th- I would rather live in a world with that high emotional dynamic range where you can have this fast frenetic energy in something like I would a rather live in Kirby's Dreamland. <laughs> yeah, and then <laughs> we can a have a me. sort of slow emotional moment like that Shape of a Heart track that we played. I love the contrast and I like that everything that, that's making you feel something comes from these raw musical elements. I mean, we didn't talk about it, but this arrange, this like production is not that great. These are obviously virtual instruments. I've heard much more subtle use of stuff like it's, that. It has that's come not a long what this composition is about. From the GameCube, though, from last week, if we if we take totally. the virtual instruments in this score, it's interesting to see how how far that technology has come. But no, you're absolutely but right. But it isn't about that. It's not. That's not. That's the not appeal what it's about. It. It's like the appeal of this is what would have been its appeal on the NES. And I well, think I'm that's excited. wonderful. To move on to this next track, it's the first Jun Ishikawa composition of the day. We only have a handful of those. This is a nice change of pace. There's a little bit of a Western uh, kind of cliche vibe to this one, but it's really fun. This is called Sacred Square. We have some classic Kirby moments in this track. It's so wonderful to hear Joni Shikawa still composing for this series. Uh, he's going for a specific send-up on this one. It's a very silly piece of music in a lot of ways, um, but you still have those those classic Kirby earmarks here. This is Sacred Square. This is fun. It is really fun, and this, I think, also even a better example than the last one. These instruments don't sound great. They're very obviously fake. Like this does not. There's something stand up to the, for the modern Kirby series about it. But yeah, that's that's where I'm getting at. Is like, again, out of context, it's not as polished as you would come to expect from a modern piece. But it's like. Uh, what I think Nintendo has always been great at is actually appreciating the the aesthetic qualities of these limited sampled sounds. And yeah. that's not a new thing. They've been doing that since the Super Nintendo, where they would sample all of these NES square chip synths because they actually appreciated those timbres for what they were. Yeah, and for I, sure. There have been similar choices over the years. It's like, I, I know Mihiro Yokota talked about he was responsible for essentially rearranging all of Koji's Ocarina of Time music when they made the port to mm-hmm. the 3DS. But when you listen to it, it sounds exactly the same. But that's because Koji told him, like, don't change anything. Don't update it with modern samples. Like, yeah, I there's want something it to sound exactly about the that, same. That sound, they, they, yeah. Yeah, they have an appreciation for the old. And I, I get that sense from Ishikawa in this one that it's like that fake whistle is actually being used because it has a charm. It's like, it's not that hard to record I wouldn't, a real Yeah, I wouldn't whistle. actually change that. <laughs> Even if I could change it, I probably wouldn't because there's something. I think there's something that we all associate that with the kind of Technicolor fantasy, fun, cutesy world of Kirby music. There's something about those fake instruments that has this ambiguity to it that a real orchestra, as great as it is, 
has a more specific definitive connotation i think yeah and there is some contrast in the score there's some tracks that have a little bit more fleshed out production um, that sound really good and so i love the contrast let's move to one of my favorites of the score it's also one of the most prevalent themes you're going to hear this even today probably come back it's called twinkle traveler it sounds to me like some sort of battle theme it's very catchy i love this let's take a listen You guys listening to Twinkle Traveler, my personal second favorite piece from the score. It's so catchy. Oh my God, this is awesome. Will was just really enjoying this. <laughs> this is the first time Will's heard this track. I was really excited to show this to you. There's an immediate quality this melody has. The rhythms and the notes are just so catchy. Uh, this is just a banger. I, I love Hirokazu Ando. As of late, he's been especially killing it. Yeah, completely. I mean, this to me summarizes what is so phenomenal about the best of Nintendo composers. And I think to a larger extent, the kind of classic golden era Japanese game composers in general, which is that they're so flipping direct with their (laughs) ideas. And there's not this kind of subtle, you have to ease into it. It's like, hits this you right hits in the you face. Like da, 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 there's da, da. no way Such a to, groovy melody. to not be hit by this. Yeah, great. I mean, everything about this is wonderful. I love the pitches of the melody. It's something yep. that like we talk about with a lot of great video game music. They pick these very catchy, specific notes that stick in your head. Very catchy and groovy rhythms, but just an overall presentation that screams fun, intense, rhythmic energy. And then yeah. in this example, we have these wonderful, tasty, syncopated jazz chord changes that, I, I mean, I feel like Hirokazu is just like, on another level on this score. Like he's yeah, really taking he really some is. interesting chances. And I think that's so phenomenal. It, it reminds me of kind of, it, it, to a different extent, like Koji's work on Odyssey, where he's not just kind of phoning in these like stock Mario songs. He like wanted to do all the weird experimental different stuff. And I think yeah. that that's a quality that I think Nintendo composers have in general, which is that, I think when you take the same composer and give them the same task, they seem to want to do something different where that's why like nine times out of 10, if you hear the next game in the series and you hear a very similar piece of music, it's almost always a different composer because that composer wants to push the boundary in a a slightly different direction. I feel like the balance they struck with and primarily Ando struck with star allies is so great because there's plenty familiar here. And, And like I said, you know, multiple times today, there's plenty of callbacks to old themes there's plenty of familiar kirby here but yeah i love when he's going in the new direction and, and still pushing himself doing something really fresh and fun well that's a tough one to beat guys let's move on to another i'm kind of calling this like a companion track this is a track that uses multiple different melodies uh you could say light motif that we've maybe heard before today or we're going to hear later this is jam bastion adventure
Who boy. We've said it before. I'll say it again here. These instruments you're hearing, the sounds are a little cheesy. They're definitely not, not the best sounds you can get in 2018 or 2020. But it's in the hands of Hirokazu Ando, who's a phenomenal composer, and that's why we're playing this today. The music that you're hearing, the actual musical material, is amazing. Just listen to that slap bass. Oh my god, it's so funky. I'm really glad you mentioned that, Carl, because that gets back to the whole reason we started the Supermercado Brothers podcast, which was to celebrate the music under the hood. I mean, and we were just talking about how, you know, we have nostalgia for the 8-bit, 16-bit sounds. We have a fondness for their actual aesthetic qualities, but Mm -hmm. honestly, we wouldn't if the music written for them had not been exceptional. And And guys, the, the sound of this score reminds me of a lot of games that come out. And there's a lot of games that come out. There's nothing to write home about. Uh, the composition isn't anything special. Right. It might be kind of samey textbook. Not the case here. Right. And, I, you know, there are so many wonderful game soundtracks coming out today that have this slick modern polish. And mm-hmm. I'm by no means disparaging that. I, I, this is, I was having a conversation with some of my friends the other day in... I think it's like a distinction needs to be made, you know, having dazzling production and cool, innovative, creative choices that come from that mindset are really valuable, but I don't think they should ever be a replacement for musical composition. Yeah, something different. And when they are, I think it's a lot less interesting to the average person. And it becomes maybe more interesting to musicians that understand the tech and can appreciate all that stuff. But to me, it's much more self-serving than something like this. This is music that is written to be enjoyed by the listener in this case absolutely the, the game player that you're experiencing this very uh, wearing your emotions on your sleeve and well, having there's another so much damn fun the effect whole time. there's another quality that so many nintendo composers and their music have and it might not be the goal but it's a nice bonus right is that you can enjoy their music just as an album you can listen to this album and get so much enjoyment out of it and even if that's not the primary goal <laughs> it's definitely the case yeah it seems to be something like I, I could imagine a lot of like American film and video game composers like balking at that idea and saying like, that's yeah. not what it's about. It's about serving Which the product. It's not but, to be fair, but yes, but I, I think my criticism of that is that that that's an easy thing to say because it's like, well, that's not your intention. I'm being paid to do this, but it's like, would any composer ever complain if that if their no. music were listenable? I mean, think about something like Star I mean, that's Wars. That's the ideal. <laughs> that music fits the film absolutely perfectly, but it also has this second life. You can listen to the music and it's great. And to Those anyone are the who's truly seen the special film, composers whenever you listen to that music you see the images from the film and i do think like scores that tend to be super minimal or modern or really it's like they might be effective but they probably won't stick with you in that same way where music that is melodically forward music that has these accessible front and center elements like something like this it'll Mm -hmm. probably stick with you more and hopefully it'll give you that example where you know when you hear a track out of context you know immediately what it's from you have those associations and that's i think a really valuable thing and that's why i think games tend to value music a little bit more than movies do at this this point type of music for sure yeah games want to have that identity they want to have like their characters and their world or like this one thing well guys we're going to keep the ando block going it looks like on this particular block we still got five more before we move to an ishikawa composition this is cool i think it's the only example that made the playlist but there's actually a few of these in this massive score this is like an 8-bit throwback piece of music that's fun let's take a listen to puzzle milky way
Well, if I'm not mistaken, this is the first time today where you're hearing uh, some previous Kirby series melodies come come up here. This is Puzzle Milky Way. It's composed by Hirokazu Ando. Uh, it's possible we might hear some Ishikawa uh, material in here that he's arranging. Uh, I'd have to go back and see what all these melodies are from. I think it's there's a few different things popping up. Uh, a I, lot of original I just material too. That, that heroic Dorian theme. Da, 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 yeah, isn't that fun da, hearing da, that? Da. In this context, like, I mean, this score is a great example of the importance that Nintendo places on nostalgia and on the past and kind of smiling and honoring that music. I mean, the fact that they have these 8-bit throwback pieces in the score, I mean, I just love that Nintendo continues to do that. I mean, even even in Odyssey, that was a strong thing. I mean, even the gameplay in Odyssey, there'd be these moments where it would go to this, you know, 2D uh, style. And so, yeah, they're still doing that stuff in scores. It's just so delightful. Yeah, this is absolutely so charming, and it, it is interesting when you hear uh, video game composers that were around in that era doing mm-hmm. 8-bit music now, because it almost always sounds different than the kind of music they wrote back in the day, and I think it's because That's what's the, so tools, special. the tools have changed, and it's really fascinating to me. You know, when we interviewed Takashi Tateishi, uh, and we, we showed him, like, I think, uh, some of his music programmed in Famitracker and he'd never yeah. seen it before and like had no idea. And he's like, this is totally different from how we actually did it back in the day. Yeah. He said and it was I better. Think <laughs> the tools that, yeah. That, and it makes sense. You know, I mean, they should be better. We have how many decades have passed, you know, they, they weren't doing that stuff because it was kind of, you know, kitsch and interesting. They were yeah. doing that because that was as good as the tech was. Right. And so it makes sense that now that the tools have changed and become more easy to use, composers make different choices but i would i would just be so fascinated and i still don't think anything like this has ever happened get just sort of like a monster you know album of take some of the greatest most legendary game composers and Mm. force them to write not just in the style of you know that music on the hardware and 90s but literally the same limitation so even if they weren't the people who implemented no i dream about that compose it in the same way we'd mentioned that when we talked to tim and and it's something that i still dream about all the time so i'm right there with you well let's go let's go to a very sweet change of pace uh one of the sweetest tracks today this is always i'll be watching you guys are listening to always i'll be watching you could be kind of a creepy title if you think about it that way but no this is very sweet very earnest and gentle it's a good melody this is composed by hirakazu ando and yes this like a lot of stuff uh, that made the playlist today these melodies come back if you listen to the whole score a lot there's actually a lot of light motif i would say i would estimate that if you take the entire score which again is six discs insane uh, I would say at least 50% of the score is material that has come from the series before, so not brand new material. And some of that might be disappointing, but you just have to realize that there's six discs, and so there's plenty of outstanding new stuff in there. Totally. Such Emma and this. I were playing uh, some Smash Bros. on the Switch uh, this past week. Nice. 
and I, I noticed a trend whenever we, we whenever I play I tend to just set the location to random just because yeah. there's so many cool stages that I want to get to see everything mm -hmm. uh, but I, I noticed whenever we got to a Kirby stage there was always these great arrangements of Kirby tracks yeah I noticed Emma would always say, oh, this music is awesome, or, oh, I yep. love this. Isn't and it? <laughs> I do think there's something about, you know, Kirby music is so infectious and fun, but there's something you about the it. frenetic energy of Smash Brothers that is, like, so perfect for Kirby. And it makes sense, you know, Hal developed the original Smash game, and Ando and... Ando worked on it and even Melee and we've talked about his influence on that series but there's something in like a genetic DNA level that you know Kirby music and Smash Brothers music always feels hand in hand you know you think about yeah. Mario is that he's the flagship Nintendo person but it, what's cool about Smash Brothers is I feel like it gives Kirby almost a more center stage role because musically and just the kind of off the wall choices yeah. <laughs> seem to be more at home with like the Kirby or the Pokemon series. Absolutely. And we mentioned even last week where it feels like Smash Brothers is kind of one and the same with, with Kirby music in a way. Uh, so that makes a lot of sense. All right, guys, very excited to move on to this week's track of the week. This piece is called Your Friends Believe in You, and it's another piece that to me feels like a battle theme. There's a lot of music that has some type of influence from like JRPG battle music, in my opinion, on the score. So this is another one of those pieces. It's it, kind of a, another companion piece where there's some similar ideas um, to other battle tracks in the game, but it's so good. Let's take a listen to Your Friends Believe in You. Absolutely outstanding. Again, listen to that bass. Amazing bass writing in this whole score. You guys are listening to this week's track of the week. Your friends believe in you. And because these games are platformers, they're side-scroller, uh, kind of very cutesy games, it's actually quite a bit of leeway that the composers have. There are moments in this track where, yeah, is this, you know, is this an RPG battle theme? But then all of a sudden it gets very cute and sweet and like wintry Christmas time. Yeah. Uh, this, this one piece of music actually goes through a, a big journey. There's a lot of contrast happening, but it's just great writing throughout. Such a good piece. Yeah, really outstanding melody. I love the groove of it. Um, Me and too. in general, yeah, it's like uh, there's something about this score. It's a lot jazzier in terms of yeah. some of the harmonic moves than um, is always the case with, with Kirby. Though, I mean, there's plenty examples of you know tracks, particularly oh, yeah. like the the Super Nintendo Kirby games. A lot of fusiony stuff. There. Have a lot of yeah fusiony stuff. But this is a very different aesthetic choice, I think, for Kirby. Yet it still works i think honestly for no other reason than just having these composers work on it and their natural <laughs> yeah. instincts and their instincts for writing music for that character in this kind of world it's kind of like they can it, it that's the cool thing about the if what i'm saying is true which is like nintendo composers don't like repeating themselves and yeah. talking about you know koji writing some of the more progressive tracks in odyssey there's something about that that works though because yeah. Koji can't help but be himself. So it's like him doing this weird surf rock track. It's still going to feel like 
Mario because that sort of DNA of his voice will be in it. And so there's Which something nice kind of convenient. smart about having, yeah, there's something smart about having like the um, veteran composers or the like legacy composers be the ones to take the new chances because then the younger people actually have to try to merge their style into this world where the older people can take the chances and have the confidence that it's like you know my voice that's what's happening here i think with ando i mean i think that he's taking some some bold risks and he's going to some harmonic places we might not have heard before um but rhythmically you know it's just classic kirby and there's there's moments resolutions here that just feel so comfortable so familiar to us uh you know fans of the series so yeah what an awesome track let's just keep going because we still got some great music to play for you guys this next one is called frostax cold land here we go Wonderful. This is Frostax Cold Land. A great piece to kind of, you know, celebrate the upcoming winter that we're all about to experience. It's a great winter track here. This is composed again by Hirokazu Ando. To me, this feels like if you combine Tomoyo Tamita and Grant Kirkhope into one piece of music. It kind of reminds me of both of those composers. There's a sweetness uh, to this track. But yeah, it fits at home in the Kirby series. This is a really nice change of pace today. I totally know what you mean. Yeah, definitely feelings of winter, but not really winter 2020. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> the winter of our childhoods, maybe, perhaps. Yeah, these melodies are so strong. Something I, I, I really actually like the, um, you know, again, these virtual instruments aren't great, but the mix <laughs> here I think is really strong. I particularly like just the way that sort of low sub bassy kick drum sort of sits in the mix and all the elements very kind of have this nice balance yeah of being somewhat modern timeless obviously with the sort of orchestral palette but the 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 sound of these virtual instruments that you know there are bad sounding virtual instruments that kind of sound really wet and roomy and scoring yeah. stagey. And then there is this category of bad, which are much more cartoony, I think, where it they're seems sort of more intentional in color for some yeah. reason. Yeah. Like I think the choices were all, you know, I would sign off on all these choices. Well, that's a right. very sweet piece of music. This next track, very exciting to me. It's got to be some sort of boss theme. Um, again, I haven't gotten to this point in the game. We didn't play very much, but in any case, it's a great piece. It's called, see if I can say this right. Forgotizane Flash Lightning. Interesting. Again by Ando. Let's check it out.
You guys are listening to um, Forgot Forgotizane. <laughs> Something like that. Flash Lightning, such a good track. Very devious. Um, This piece is in six, and it uses that meter, I think, to its advantage. A little bit of maybe surprise. It it feels on edge. But the driving rhythm section um, is kind of, in some ways, maybe ignorant of of that meter. I think it's a really effective uh, choice for what I'm imagining a boss theme. There's there's also a lot of callbacks, a lot of leitmotif to Kirby series melodies in here. And I, I did uh, forgot to say that. I think it was that last track or the one before that. I was, you know, halfway through the piece, I was hearing an old Kirby melody come in. And so even in original pieces, you know, these composers are really liberal with sprinkling in some familiar material. But yeah, this is this is a great piece. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of um, music that uses a six meter in a duplet way. So this yeah. has that sort of like three on the floor quality to it, yeah, where yeah. it's divided one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six. A little you know, bit lopsided one, two, feeling, three, four, five, um, six. But, yeah, not... but there's that kind of feeling of like four, four with two extra little beats. Yeah, I mean, it, like I said, it's just enough of that unset. I wouldn't say it's unsettling, but it's more unsettling than if, than if it was four four, right? And so because definitely of that, a little bit more tension. Uh, yeah, and for there's a something like cool this. about it that you know you can get a similar feeling from seven eight five four five eight these kinds of things. But the only difference is with, with five eight, there's something that I think inherently becomes really kind of almost rhythmically syncopated about it. There's yeah. something about it that it, like it draws attention to the oddness of the meter. And right, you're constantly like resetting, which can feel really cool and groovy in some contexts. Um, and that's you know like the Mission Impossible sound, and you get well, that sort of five four clave. But what I love about this is there's something so forward moving about the rock energy of this. Oh yeah, so you much can momentum basically here. Feel like you're in four, um, yet you kind of like have these half bars every so often, which it constantly has this asymmetrical quality to it, which is why it's like oftentimes when we talk about music in six, it's so symmetrical because it's one two three four five yeah. six one two. Three. It's that sort of dancey thing. But this is the opposite where it's very much like front heavy and then it's like small on the end it's like someone with a huge head and a small ass <laughs> well guys i'm excited for this one so the one of the areas that it seems that jun ishikawa um was focusing on in this score is these quirky slightly silly send-ups to to like a different genre than you might expect basically change of paces that's the case with the one we heard that what was that called that sacred square and that's the case with this one it's called rockabilly and blues is the name of the track i don't know if i would call either of those two genres what this track is but that's just the name of it it's composed by jun ishikawa let's check it out You guys are listening to a really fun change of pace, Rockabilly and Blues. All of Juni Shikawa's tracks, they're kind of oddballs, uh, but they're all really fun and I enjoyed them. And there's a lot of great ones we didn't have time for today, clearly, because he definitely composed way more than this in the whole score. So check out the whole thing if you're curious. We have one more June track um, coming up that is not this silly. It's a little bit more action-packed, and so I'm excited about that. But yeah, this is really fun. I love the instrument choice. It's just a really fun and devious track. 
Very much so. It's so Nintendo-y. Just this kind of like really committing to sort of a pastiche style, but it's so heartfelt and earnest and has this kind of old-fashioned love of beautiful, inevitable melody and harmony. Yeah. Um, it's good writing, even though it has a sense of humor to it. Um, yeah. And there's a kind of a selfless quality to this track. It's almost like taking one for the team. I mean, you know yeah, it's going like, to be a humorous presentation. I definitely feel like Ishikawa's music um, sonically does not hold up nearly as well as Ando's because, like, what you know, what we say about Ando's is like these sort of obviously fake virtual instruments, but the whole aesthetic works super well. You know, Jun Ishikawa's music does. This sounds like what I would have expected in like 2006 from Nintendo. Yeah. it doesn't yeah. live up to sort of some of the standards that That's more recent kind of soundtracks okay, have established. Um, partly because we have Ando in here as well, bringing a little bit more of that modern flair, and so I think it actually is is uh, warranted and kind of welcome, really. Well, and it's Kirby. You know, it's like <laughs> you can only get so photorealistic with Kirby. You know what I mean? That's that true. There's like there's something about the fakeness that is charming it's quirky i mean these games are not games that are about you know su- being subtle and having a lot of taste they're bi- kirby's a big pink blob with cutesy anime eyes yeah and it's like everything about this series is you know cranked up to 11 in terms of you know sort of the cuteness factor yeah well we'll mention the jazziness uh, that's present in the score this is a good example of that This is a pretty interesting piece here. It's called Land of Dreams and Greeneries Remains, composed by Hirokazu Ando. Really outstanding piece. This is Land of Dreams and Greeneries Remains. I will say this is one that I would love to hear uh, a real performance of this. Um, it really does yearn for it. It's kind of silly to to hear that virtual cello. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's really wants to be performed by a real ensemble. Well, Having I've said thinking, that, it's a wonderful track. I've been thinking about this a lot. You know, a lot of people criticize Nintendo for like, why are they so cheap with their soundtracks? Why can't they just pay for a full orchestra? They're clearly making enough money. They seem to be the only people, you know, nowadays that are making money. Yeah, they you know, could because, do like, that. They've been dominating the world economy thanks to Animal Crossing. And I know this right. came out before, but, uh, you know, beggars can't be choosers because part of what makes Nintendo this magical, you know, Keebler elf kingdom is how <laughs> cut off they are from kind of modern culture and standards. That they're not just kind of copying yeah. what the other studios are doing, they're always their own weird approach to it which means a lot of times they're very much behind the times and when it comes to technology i mean i hear what you're saying if i had the times when it comes to creativity i would pick this every single time i would rather have the music that's really colorful and strong and memorable with this silly presentation as opposed to right you know a really good sounding score that might be a little soulless or just might not um, be as interesting to listen to. So yeah, I would definitely pick this right. every single time. That's why it's so funny. You know, when we started this podcast, we were just so yearning for any Nintendo example that used real music because I think it was a way for us to sort of like show off to the people who didn't take this music seriously that like listen to how beautiful this is. But now I feel like I'm almost coming around from a different perspective. You know, you get to something like Mario Odyssey and everything sounds super polished and not only great compositions but like really like they sound well produced they're not that kind of quirky amateur sound yeah and there's something about me that's like 
oh man, I kind of miss the quirk. I miss the sort of charming, yeah, you know, for GameCube sure. era general MIDI thing. And so there is part of me that actually loves that a soundtrack like Star Allies can still sound this way. I'm right there with you. Well, let's move on. It's been a while since we've had a really sweet and cute, innocent Kirby track. Let's move to that. This is called Demo Star, again, composed by Ando. Here we go. This is classic. This is some material here that we're familiar with. A really fun arrangement um, by Ando. It's Demo Star from Kirby Star Allies. If you like Kirby games uh, and you have a Switch, definitely check this game out. Um, I had a hard time really getting into it, um, but we did enjoy our time with it, even if it was, uh, you know, brief. But yeah, this score, definitely listen to this whole thing if you guys have time. It's, it's really wonderful. I mean, this is one of the cutest pluckiest uh, tracks i think in the score yeah this um, is yeah, probably it's really good maybe the strongest melody i think in the whole game just in terms of what i love which is that kind of persnickety very attention to detail melodic craftsmanship um you know an economy of notes really choosing every pitch with a lot of care but it's that sort of selfless thing that so many Japanese game composers have where you can tell they they put a lot of heart and soul no pun intended into their melodic writing yet it's not this sort of self-serving over the top like piano ballad that's meant yeah. to make you appreciate it it's like all in service of this whole other mood or this whole other aesthetic and it's what makes the music complex and that's why I completely disagree when someone listens to something like this and they're like oh it's saccharine or it's cheesy or it's cliche it's like I don't think they're listening deep enough it's the same thing that I criticize when people are like ragtime music is too simple or it's dumb or it's there's definitely cliche. a taste difference like, yeah they're not here. hearing the kind of melody melancholy underneath the happiness which is something it's like maybe my favorite duality of moods well everybody also has a different threshold for cuteness i I would say i mean then this is just 110 percent levels of cuteness coming at you and what's really cool about this track is there's some new and some old in here um which again is really what the star ally score is all about so okay let's move on um we have the last jun ishikawa track of the day this one is really cool uh this is la folia de more let's check it out
God, I love Juni Shikawa. You guys are listening to La Folia de More from Star Allies, composed by Juni Shikawa. And yeah, these samples are so quirky and very, very old, old school samples. Some of them get to the point where they feel like even SNES. I mean, that bass has that retro um, style. It's, it's incredibly cheesy sounding, but really fun and adorable and perfect for Kirby. Um, it, it is a delight to get uh, some Ishikawa music today because he definitely has his own style. Well, I think the reason this works is because it's not running away from the terrible samples. It's like running open arms into them. That Absolutely. one of the hardest things to do with sample. Yeah, I wouldn't change really, this at all. Really fast, repeated notes, and it's like and that's what this there's is, no the round robins is, yeah. on this. So it's like you hear the same sample. Yeah, it sounds like a machine or something. But but that's what makes me feel like there actually is some intention and method behind the madness. That like they're going for the the quirky charm of there's something about it. It makes me think of a lot of music from the super Nintendo or N64 where there there's, there's something charming about it. And I think Nintendo um, historically, because they've always been so behind the times with technology, they've always embraced really smart aesthetics that do them a lot of um, good in the long run. It's like, why does super Mm -hmm. Mario sunshine still look so great? because it has a stylized art style. Why does Wind Waker look so great? You know, the GameCube wasn't the most powerful system at the time. And nowadays, the Switch is not even close to being the most powerful system now that we have these new, you know, PS5 and Xbox. But it's like, it doesn't matter. Switch games always look amazing because Nintendo knows how to sell an art style. Right. They know how to make the right aesthetic decisions. Um, And it makes them, their games hold up because they're not this kind of like immature, swinging for the fences, trying to show off off some new technological thing and yeah. the music you could describe in the same way it's not flashy in the sense of showing off you know something highly technical but it's flashy it's in energetic off really yeah catchy it's and flashy cute, when it comes to rhythms melodies. and bpm <laughs> it's very flashy in that way well let's let's play we actually uh, to close out our episode it looks like we have four more on the playlist and three out of those four are actually uh contributed by utah Ogasawara and this is the first such track it's really really cute again I think there's some old and some new in here it's wonderful Kirby Adorable. This is Wonderful Kirby from Star Allies, composed by Ogasawara. And the award for the quietest percussion track ever goes to the song. It's just this incredibly faint percussion instrument that I can't tell if it was a mistake or if it was, it's like the most quiet. I don't even know what it is, if it's tambourine or what. Um, it, but it sounds in, like hi-hat samples. Yeah. In any case, this is a really cute piece. It feels like classic Kirby. Um, it also fits really well in the Dude, score. You, you need to watch Fred Armisen stand up for drummers because he does this whole bit making fun of like when they have indie artists on like NPR and that there's always a drummer who's being like way too respectful of the singer and just playing sure. like as quiet as possible. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. it's it's absolutely hilarious. That's like awesome. he he plays the snare drum with like an egg shaker <laughs> like like this kind of thing. <laughs> and it's really just like great. so quiet and the most tasteful. It, it's really funny though because the second you hear it you're like, "Oh, I know exactly what he's talking oh, yeah. about." I mean that's overall that's a good thing, but yeah, it can it can go too far with it. That's that's funny. Of course, Fred would do that. Um, okay, let's go back here to one more Hirokazu Ando track before we close out with a couple of Ogasawara pieces. This is really cool. We're we're getting to the final parts of the game clearly here. This is Butterfly of Judgment Morpho Knight.
insane. Ando's a madman. This is Butterfly of Judgment Morpho Knight. The bass should be illegal on this track. <laughs> it's just <laughs> dangerous levels of bass consumption on this one. I was actually really, really grateful that I didn't skip this because uh, I was listening to the score and the first 25 or so seconds are, to be fair, a little cliche, a little textbook, nothing that special. I was about to skip to the next one and that slap bass came in and I was like, oh, wait a second, wait a second, what, what is going on here? This is really cool. I also just, I don't know, I'm such a sucker for that Nintendo-y, dreamy, fourth-spaced, mysterious harmony. Kind of like Bowser's Final Galaxy type of a sound. Very much. Or kind of like even some of the icier levels in Mario Galaxy. Just, yeah. There's something spacey about it. It's very, very Koji. Um, yeah, I, I love These that last? sound. Um, this is another case. Why does this happen so much in games? I was listening to the score, and I swear there's like 12 different final boss themes in this at least in the score this happens a lot in games where it's like you think you're playing a final boss and then there's another one and then there's another one that's definitely the case at least in the score well let's let's do another one here this is really cool it's called dark mirage and it's composed by yuta ogasawara here we go Cowbell. You guys are listening to Dark Mirage, composed by Ogasawara from Star Allies. Uh, this was a really delightful score to go through, and I was just so excited to, to share this with everybody. Oh my god, this is such a cool track. I, I love all the weird <laughs> sounds here. It's super it's, weird. It's so, it's so Nintendo-y. It's just that kind of quirky eclecticism, high energy throwing all the paint at the wall but well you know really what else exceptional i love music material in my opinion i agree what i love about the order of this playlist is we ended with these back-to-back zany gnarly final boss-esque themes and our playout is the most cute cheesy relaxing piece you can imagine so it's a great way to send you guys on your way um and kind well, of I'm end glad in that, that kirby know- spirit I'm glad Ogasawara found these Nintendo composers as sort of kindred spirits because uh, it's just awesome. I mean, they all seem like a great fit for each other and for no Kirby kidding. music. Yeah, so I would say a slightly underrated score. Um, we may have had a different <laughs> theme in mind earlier um, in the month for this week. Uh, we kind of changed it up. I was just really excited to showcase this. I think for me, it was something that was overlooked. I mean, I had a good time with the game, but I never really thought about doing an episode on it. I'm so glad I went back and listened to all of it because it deserves its spotlight. Yeah, what, there is a what part of me that, that feels like if, you know, Nintendo Month 2020 not having Animal Crossing New Horizons uh, <laughs> kind of silly. Is kind of insane because that's almost like the that's the game of the year soundtrack of the millennia. Like it's such a huge the part of everyone's of millennia. I mean, lives. I just mean like in terms of in my in humble terms of opinion, I think Paper Mario takes the cake over that one. Yeah, I'm not I'm not talking about in terms of quality. I'm talking about in terms of like relevance. Popularity. You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean like when you talk about COVID and lockdown, it's like so many people fell in love with that game. Um, yeah. Sorry guys. We, we don't, <laughs> we're not meaning to like have a slight on that soundtrack. We are going to look at it. Um, I think, yeah, it's just w- with Nintendo month, I think we always want to focus and spotlight on things that 
we sometimes feel like haven't maybe had the the attention or the spotlight shown on them absolutely Um, i mean this game is a little bit older and it's definitely completely fallen off the you know the public consciousness i don't hear anyone talk about it anymore so yeah i i didn't want everyone to forget about the score don't worry we will definitely feature that animal crossing new horizons episode at some point um yes i think that's about it enjoy this play out it's called let them know we're happy uh, composed by Ogasawara from Star Allies. Well, guys, this was such a fun Nintendo month. Next week, we're going to take a little bit of a break. We're going to present a Mercado Radio uh, heavy on the Nintendo in that playlist as well. Uh, so you could think of it as maybe some spiritual fifth week of Nintendo month if you want. Then we're going to be back in December with some non-Nintendo <laughs> topics. And, but You also know, we'll tell good. you what. We'll put an Animal Crossing New Horizon track in that playlist. Yeah, we playlist. can do that. Yeah, and again, uh, we are going to do sure. that episode. It's a good score, um, and I've heard a lot of that music throughout our house, you know, th- this past year. So look forward to that. I think that's about it. Will, do you got anything else? Yeah, just I hope that you know everyone is safe for those in America on Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, and I hope you're all doing well. I had so much fun this year for Nintendo Month. It was Me too. very much needed. You know, this burst of it was positivity medicine. and joy. Absolutely. So we hope it was for you as well. We hope you enjoy this playout track. And I think that's it. My name is Carl Brueggemann. I'm Will Brueggemann. Have a great week, everybody. Peace out. Peace out.